Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome to a minor detail here on a Wednesday. You've got uh, Eric Beasley, your uh, your co-host, and uh, Ryan Miner is broadcasting from the uh, from from that terrible I two seventy. You know that that road that we really need to make wider. And uh, yes. we're we're going to give you guys a, a quick rundown of uh, um, you know the sixth congressional district. Um, early voting starts tomorrow, and so we kind of we've. Uh, We've gone ahead. We've invited all the candidates to come on here um, to call in. Um, some of you guys RSVP'd. Some of you guys didn't. Um, so if uh, if you did not RSVP, please feel free to call in, and uh, we'll give you a few minutes to uh, you know give your spiel. Tell us uh, basically tell us and all the listeners why you should be elected uh, to represent the Republican Party in the primary. Yeah, Eric, uh, I am broadcasting live. Uh, using my cell phone on Interstate 270. I'm by exit 11, and uh, the traffic now is pretty tame comparably to uh, my morning commute, but uh, I, uh, that is certainly the issue that um, widening I-270 has been brought up. <laughs> also widening uh, I-81 up in Washington County, and I know that uh, Terry Baker has talked about that, and when he calls in, we'll uh, I'm sure he'll mention that or make a pitch, but uh, Eric, we, as you mentioned, we did invite all the candidates to to come on, and uh, we hope that they do call in. The number to call in is six four six seven one six five nine seven one, and we do welcome callers as well to call in if you want to ask the candidates a question. But Eric and I are going to take you through the race, and it was a it's been an interesting race so far, and we wanted to do this show the night before because, look, tomorrow we start going to the polls. And um, I, I don't know if I'm going to early vote or if I'm going to do what I do usually is vote on election day. I don't know. Eric, what are you going to do? Um, oh, I, I have no idea. Um, I think it's going to depend on which day I have to leave my house. You know, if, it's, <laughs> it's one of those, like, if I need to leave my house and I have to go into Frederick um, in the next, like, while early, early voting is going on, I might swing by an early vote. But yeah. – you know, I, I mean, there's no polling places in Brunswick during early voting, and I don't like, I don't commute to work, so there's kind of like, you know, I, I, I schedule, you know, when I have to go to Frederick, I go grocery shopping and I get gas and I, you know, make a bank deposit. Like, <laughs> I, I roll it all into one trip there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I think we might. I think I'm going to stick to the game plan, and that is to go on election day. It's sort of a tradition. Um, and, uh, we, we have a, our polling precinct is right down the road from us, literally at the less than a mile, it's at our, our daughter's, uh, elementary school. And, but I still think it's interesting. Like I'm all the way down in North Potomac, technically it's Gaithersburg, but they, they use North Potomac to fancy it up. Uh, we should not be in the sixth district. We should be in the eighth district, but we're in the sixth <laughs> Yeah, that that's what uh, I, I think. That's how uh, um, <laughs> that's how a lot of people feel around here in the most in the what the second or third most gerrymandered district in the country. Yeah, and I think that the third congressional district, up, um, you know, take take your pick. Oh, it's like all over the state, and it looks literally like a salamander. Um, so, <laughs> I don't. I, I think the blood splatter is a more appropriate one, but that's only because I first heard about it when I was watching Dexter. So that's <laughs> what my mind goes right to is 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 blood splatter. Yeah. And, 
and stuff. But, uh, you know, I got to say, honestly, like hats off to Dr. Mark Plaster for having the guts to figure out a way to try to go door knocking and get out and talk to voters in that district of absolute madness. I hope he wins. I hope so too. I I, I hope I, I hope Doctor Plaster takes that gerrymander district and just you know shoves it where the shun doesn't sign for the for the Democrat Party in Maryland. Well, speaking of the Democratic Party in Maryland, they are going to try their absolute best to to reclaim this seat and at the sixth district. And there's eight candidates running for the seat, uh, including uh, Frank Howard, David Both, Ami Hover, uh, Doctor Scott Chang. Harold Painter, Terry Baker, Robin Ficker, and Christopher Mason. I think I got them all, Eric. That sounds about I, it. I, I can hardly remember. I, honestly, I have to go into the Bethesda Beat uh, article that has the picture from the Montgomery County debate because I always miss one or two. So I got to like pull that up and make sure, like, go down the list and, and you know, get everybody. Whenever I, if I send them an email or something, I'm, I'm very particular about making sure I got everyone. <laughs> you know, it's no diss on any one candidate. It's just that, you know, I, I, I hardly remember, like, my wife's birthday sometimes. Like, thank God for Facebook reminding me. <laughs> so, <laughs> well... I, uh, I I remember because we we spent a lot of time writing about these candidates and it's been a pretty level primary. There hasn't been a whole lot of excitement. Um, of course, there is one person who was running, and we invited this person to call in, Robin Ficker. And when I first started writing about this congressional primary, it was last year in May, and I sort of kicked off because I'd first learned that David Vogt, uh, Delegate David Vogt, was planning to run, and I learned of that back last May. So it's been about 11 months we've been covering this in depth. And I want to say, um, not to not to stroke the ego here, but uh, Eric, we, we have provided at a minor detail, I believe, the most in-depth coverage of this congressional primary. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and we, we even got a thumbs up on on a Saturday from, uh, you know, good old good old Dave Schmidt from here in, uh, in Frederick when we were uh, broadcasting that, uh, you know, we've We've done everything we can on a volunteer, like not paid for basis to get to cover what's going on in the sixth district. Yeah, we haven't made a dollar from this, um, and we we do this because we, we we really want people to become involved in the process. And it's a hobby, it's a passion, and we love doing it. And uh, I think that we we do it well, and we've given all the candidates a fair shake and. As I was mentioning earlier, uh, you know, there's one candidate in particular who thinks that we haven't given him a fair shake. You know, Robin Ficker, when when I when I started doing my analysis on on the race, who's who's up, who's down, what's happening, when I didn't give Ficker like the number one spot, for for whatever reason, he started attacking me, and I'm I, I'm sorry, you're, I'm not going to put up with his attacks, especially from Robin Ficker, who is the consummate dad. <laughs> Well, he's a, he's a gadfly, and, 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 you know, Ficker's done some good things, some good things in Montgomery County, but for the most part, he acted, he's, he self-clowned himself over the years, and um, I don't like his style, and I think that, you know, if he chooses to call in tonight, we'll, we'll give him another fair shake. We'll say, Mr. Ficker, explain it, but I, I don't want to spend too much more time on him, but uh, he really has trashed up the process, I think, in this. And, I mean, Eric, I don't know, what are your thoughts? No, he's he's a tool. He's a tool bag of rusty tools sitting in a shed that, you know, it, they, the, the, the tools flunked out of 
the real tool, um, you know, process. They didn't make it to a construction site, so they got stuck in some, uh, you know, some some hobos like shopping cart um, as he's as they're walking around the streets of Seattle, and uh, they've yeah. just been there for 50 years, um, you know, accomplishing nothing, um, screaming at imagine, you know, screaming at people as they're walking down the street, telling them you'll never make that shot, you know, <laughs> like that's what uh that that that's that's what I see. He's I mean. He's funny to laugh at, but I don't think there's a whole lot more to say than that. I just passed one of his signs, and I, I noticed that it's not placed on um, on someone's, you know, a business property. It's a vacant lot. I mean, there's like 50 vacant lots that this guy, I guarantee you, walk a sign there without any consideration to the property owner, um, thinking that he has permission. I, I've, I've re- we reported on that. If a candidate puts their sign where they're not supposed to, that's a cardinal rule. I mean, it's like, come on, this is basic campaign 101, yeah. and I guess he's been doing this for so long, he just doesn't give a damn. And, Ryan, I'll tell you, too, I, I've been half-tempted to actually make a super PAC called Abandoned Buildings for Robin Ficker. Uh, that would be that would be funny and the miracle and and the and, and, and the gods you know and the god's miracle that he would somehow manage to escape through this primary um and and win the you know and win the primary uh i i, I just don't <laughs> there there would be a lot of fun that we could have and uh, well you know you know, there, there's some other fun that we got um, online here too. You, let's uh, let's talk to somebody that we believe is actually going to beat Robin Ficker if for some crazy yeah. reason he uh, he comes through. So let me uh, let me switch him over. I believe this should be uh, Commissioner Terry Baker online with us. Uh, good evening. Uh, I am Terry Baker, and I'm online. Hey, How are you doing hey. evening? Oh, we're good. Thanks hey, Terry. For, uh, thanks for yeah. taking the time to call in. You're quite welcome. Yep. Am I coming uh, across loud and clear? Oh yeah, you're perfect. You got got no worries there. So, uh, um, so Commissioner Baker, you know, we just kind of wanted to give everybody a, 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 a ten minutes or so to basically talk about why you should be the nominee, why you're the best to represent the sixth district, and uh, you know, um, are you going to be able to beat Delaney? So, uh, you know, let's go. Get, give it. Give us your uh, your thirty second uh, spiel. Okay. Start with. Well, first, uh, I want to I want to thank both of you for having me here this evening, and uh, there's many reasons as to why I think I'm the, the best candidate for the seat. Uh, number one, I have uh, the ability to uh, attract the Democratic vote, and when we get into November, we're going to have to have a compassionate uh, candidate there that's going to have that ability to reach across uh, the party lines and garner the votes of uh, all three parties: Democrat, Republican, and Independent. And I do extremely well with that in Washington County, and I'm hoping that I can carry over into the uh, the re- other four counties. Excellent. Um, I, I I know that I've, I've heard this before, but I just kind of wanted to give you an option to talk about it on here. Um, when you ran for commissioner, you received a, a large portion of the vote up there in Washington County, which included you know Republicans, Democrats, and Independents. Um, so I, is is that what you're trying to reproduce across the rest of the rest of the counties? Uh, yes, I think I have that ability. I think uh, uh, candidates of all parties are looking for uh, candidates that have uh, that, are, that are honest, uh, guide with integrity, and uh, listen to their concerns, uh, large and small. Uh, when you're out in the public, and uh, I'm out in the, up in Clear Spring in the hardware store talking to the 
the old timers up there, they just want someone to listen to them. And a lot of great ideas come uh, from the people out in the, uh, in the communities, uh, you know, of all parties. So they're just, they want their candidates to, you know, basically listen to them. Commissioner Baker, this is Ryan. Uh, I want to thank you. Thanks so much for your time tonight. And, uh, You've run a, a strong campaign, and uh, I, I have to say, I'm the first person that has to say, you have, when you've been out in Washington County, um, you're everywhere, and that's what, that's what I, I really appreciate about your campaign is that you do go out to the hardware stores. You go out ball games. You go out to the, uh, the carnivals, and you stand there, and uh, we, we've talked together at, at some of these events. You'll go out to the, uh, the food line and just talk to the people, and... Um, you know, that's one thing that uh, I admire about you and uh, among many things. Um, so my question, uh, Commissioner Baker, what are, you, what are the people telling you? What are, what are they concerned about in the district? And, you know, what, what's their concerns about uh, going to Congress? What, what do they want to accomplish? Well, uh, many times uh, you hear about the, um, the mistrust of our elected officials. Uh, they don't appreciate uh, the unwillingness of the parties to work together down there at Capitol Hill. Uh, they're looking for somebody that, uh, you know, can bring our country together. Uh, they don't like uh, our uh, our security within the country. They're concerned about that. Uh, and I'll tell you, one of the things that I do here uh, frequently in Washington County is uh, an appreciation for not raising taxes. Uh, you know, they, they feel they that they pay too many taxes to begin with. And uh, in Washington County, we haven't had a property tax increase in 16 years. And uh, we've also not raised our local uh, income tax. And we have That's one right. of the lowest uh, income tax rates uh, for any county in, uh, in the state of Maryland. So, uh, um, and I do put myself on trying to keep our costs down and uh, being frugal with the taxpayers' money. There's no doubt that Washington County is one of the most fiscally responsible and best-run counties. Uh, your bond rating is, is much better than many other counties, and it's only increased. And I got to tell you, uh, people, people in Washington County know that they're getting their good government services for the price that they pay, and you have kept, kept it. I, I've, I was born and raised there, and my parents are there, my grandparents are there, and uh, they, uh, I, I, you know, a job well done. And, and Commissioner Baker, I got to okay. say, I think you're good. I think you're going to do really well um, on April 26th and uh, in early voting. I think that uh, I think you're going to do really well. And I wouldn't be surprised if you place one, two, or, or three. And I think that a lot of people know your name. Uh, I think a lot of people are uh, are rooting for you, especially here in Washington County, which has a, a large stronghold of Republicans. But, uh, Eric, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Commissioner Brady, you've run a, ran a great campaign so far. Uh, a gentleman's you know, campaign. Yeah, I mean, you, like, I, you you may not realize it, but it is very refreshing to not have – childish morons um, <laughs> running yeah. for congress okay <laughs> it is it is it is very refreshing i mean i haven't i haven't heard you say an ill word about anybody uh quite frankly and i i, I appreciate that um you know i mean if i if i remember right too at one of the debates you also said that you would uh you would support whoever was the nominee um for the sixth district yes sir. correct and I, and I will do that yes excellent excellent i'll support, I'll support uh the victor of the uh Sixth grade or sixth district uh, congressional primary. Whoever wins the primary, I will be behind 100. percent Excellent. Yeah, I mean, and that's you know, not 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 every one of your opponents actually made that pledge. Uh, some of them kind of uh, you know 
like a duck and dodge around that well, one. I think, I think for the most part, uh, all eight candidates have been uh, very professional. Uh, we've, uh, you know, we've sat there and we've uh, had our, our debates and our forums. I thought for the most part they were relatively uh, decent. There were a couple of times that got a little tested. But we were all able to pull back together and stay focused on uh, what we were trying to do, and that's when the uh, Republican um, get a Republican uh, to Congress. To so uh, I got another question. Um, so you know, right now we're talking about the primary, um, but uh, you know, I'm, and I, I'm sure Jerry's told you this before. I, I'm a planner. Okay, I like I like planning things really far out sometimes. So. Uh-huh. My question is: Is that so? If you if um, if you win the sixth congressional district primary, what is your plan for taking on uh, Congressman Delaney? Um, how are you going to unseat him? Well, uh, as you know, I did uh, receive the most votes in Washington County by any of the county commissioners the last two elections. I also had more votes than Dan Bongino in Washington County uh, the last general election. And uh, I'm going to uh, really reach out to all parties, and I'm going to be counting on people such as uh, you and Ryan to give me some guidance. And uh, many times it's just as simple as listening to the people uh, to give you some ideas as to how you could be successful in in defeat uh, John Delaney. And we're really going to have to concentrate on this independent vote. I believe there's about about 60 to 70,000 more Democrats in our district than Republicans. But then there's approximately 80,000, I believe, if I remember correctly. Don't hold me to this number. But I'm just going on recall. I'm thinking there's about 80,000 independents. So uh, that could be uh, really, really huge uh, to win that independent vote and then uh, attract uh, many of the Democratic vote and uh, Republicans will get behind me. What uh, what part of your message do you think resonates most with the? Uh, I mean, we all, we all know it resonates with Republicans. Okay. Um, you know that that's that's pretty like you, you obviously been elected as a Republican, so you know what that message is. What part of your message do you think resonates the most with uh, independents and even the the more moderate Democrats? Uh, I think uh, I think a big thing is I think the people that know me they know that I'm a blue collar, compassionate conservative. Uh, they know I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be a, an honest elected official. I'm going to guide with integrity. I'm going to listen to them, and uh, they know I'm never going to forget where I come from. And then, uh, you know, so so I have, I have one last question for you, Commissioner Baker. Okay, and this is a really serious question. Are you on? Are are you on Team Batman or Team Superman? <laughs> well, I know what uh, I've been uh, fit in great uh, physical condition. Uh, many times during my life, and I don't consider myself as being very, very fit and in uh, great physical uh, condition right now, so I guess I'm going to have to be the fat man. <laughs> hey, I'm t- that's that's my team. That's my team. Good choice. Good choice. Um, Commissioner yeah. Baker, uh, thank you very much for calling in and uh, and talking to us for a few minutes. Uh, you know, we're, we, we, uh, we appreciate it. We know you got campaigning to do, so, uh, you know. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner okay, Baker, I just want to thank both of you for having me this evening. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. I hope I can rely on you for some uh, advice and uh, comments uh, after uh, the 26th. Uh, if you win this thing, and we're going we're gonna to do whatever we can to get you elected. 
I thank you, and I appreciate that. Have a good evening. You know, Ryan, that's actually a good. That's actually kind of a nice little segue that I think we should uh, talk about for a minute. You know, we are. Uh, um, you and I have talked about this privately, and I've talked about this privately with other people. Um, basically, what are we going to do after the primary ourselves? Yeah. Like what you know, right. you and I. I mean, we're kind of, uh, you know, I guess I, I guess you could call us rabble rousers at this point. Um, of but, course, uh, we are. <laughs> yeah, let's just be honest with ourselves, right? We're, we're just causing trouble. Um, but uh, you know, we there is a, there is a serious election coming up, and there's one that we do have the potential to unseat a uh, you know a, a a a millionaire congressman who bought his own uh, congressional. Hey, Eric, district. I'm yeah. going to switch over to uh, I want to switch over because I'm in the house and uh, I'm going to switch oh, over to ahead. another mic. So uh, just give me one second. Do it. All right, that means I get to ramble. So, uh, you know, I know me personally, um, what I plan on doing after this, uh, the, after the primary is, and I said it a while ago, I decided that I was going to work for and help out whoever does win, end up winning the nomination. You know, I've, I, I went over all these numbers um, while I was working on the Dan Bongino campaign. I went over them constantly. And I think, I, I do think that the 6th District is winnable. I think that we just need to have the right candidate at the right time in the right place uh, to be able to kind of go in and take that for ourselves, if you will. So, all right, let me see if that's Ryan back on here. Is, Eric? Are you back? I am back. How are you? Excellent. I'm good. Good. So we're, I'm, I'm just I, rambling I, a little bit about uh, you know, what we're, why we're going to win the 6th District um, after well, – I, I just want to say that uh, um, I, I was sort of unfair to Terry Baker in, in, in the beginning and some, um, and, and it's because um, I, I do have some disagreements with, with, with some elements, but um, I, I, I didn't say it when, when I was online with, with, with Terry um, that, you know, I, I, I apologize for my, I guess, for being unfair and for not giving him a fair shake in the very beginning, but Terry's a very good man. Um, it's true. He, he will never forget where he comes from. And I know that because my grandfather came from the same place as Terry Baker, and that's the west end of Hagerstown. It's not the, uh, you know, it's not the Ritz. It's not, uh, you know, the upper echelons. Um, but he's, he is a blue-collar guy, and uh, he's somebody that I know that cares deeply about his community. Um, there, there's some disagreements along the way, but um, – Terry's a good man, and uh, I'd be happy yeah, I mean, to support him. And as you mentioned earlier, what are we going to do <laughs> after yeah. the primary? And, I, and it's go to work for the Republican nominee. Um, and, I, and I will say this. If it is Robin Ficker, I'm, I'm not helping him. And I, and nope. I, I just no can't. Way. No way. No way. The guy's, the guy's nuts. Okay. Not, no, I, I never, never Ficker. Never Ficker. <laughs> I, I can't do it in good faith. Um, he's not somebody that I like. He's not somebody that um, has been very kind to us when we have been kind to him. So I, um, I will not support Robin Ficker. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to vote for John Delaney. It just means that I'm not going to support Robin Ficker. I will See, write in. In, a, in Trump advocate world, if you don't vote, then you're actively supporting the other candidate. So, well, so be it. Yeah, whatever <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I mean, heck, heck Trump's – I mean, oh, geez, like – Let's not even um, go there. <laughs> I want to talk about Eric. I want to talk about another candidate that is unlikely to win, um, but gave it a you know a good old college try. That's Christopher Mason. Um, Chris has been oh well. I mean he's <laughs> he 
he's an interesting character. He's certainly the most aggressively conservative, uh, to, to say it nicely. Um, yeah. My my concern is that there is no way that Chris Mason would ever win a general election. Oh no! I mean, it's it, it, I mean, I, I just I can't even describe his level of extremism. Quite frankly, I, I just don't even know. I don't know the word for it. it. Maybe it's because I'm not smart enough, or maybe it's because the word doesn't exist yet. But it's like this weird, like part anarchy, part theocracy. Like I, I mean, I don't even know. Do you have a word for it, Gary? Yeah, Gary. Gary there you go. Yeah, I, like, I think that there's a. He's a Marine, and he has served our country honorably, and someone that should be given the distinction of serving our country and the heap and praise. And I do, I honor his service. But um, last Friday, Chris had taken me to task on Twitter uh, and spent hours literally tweeting at me, <laughs> calling me unfair. Eric, you've read the entire conversation. Um, I, I, I tried to respond as kind as I possibly could, but at the, at the, at the end there, I'm just like, you know, I, I really don't want to further engage or say something that would upset him because – he thinks he's going to win, and I just want to say that, Chris, I, I, it, it's not. I'm telling. I'm not telling you anything new, but um, nobody knows your name, buddy, and and yeah. maybe that's to no fault of your own. But I mean, you haven't been out there, and you have not done the, um, the requisite work that needed to be done. And I uh, and I appreciate his. I mean, I know that he said he's been going door to door. I know that he's been said. He said he's made. He's talk to thousands of people and that may be so i don't i don't know but um i i eric i i don't know i i, don't, well, I, I let think me, they, well hold on right let me tell you about that conversation of yours okay it was amazing because you know i went into my kitchen and i made like i made a quiche for breakfast i i you know got it prepared threw it in the oven and then i came back to my computer and like i i i, I started reading this conversation you guys were having and by the end i mean i was like halfway through and my quiche dinged so I mean, like it was it was probably the mo- one of the most absurd Twitter conversations that I've ever seen, and it was ridiculously long. And I was just, <laughs> I mean, my my head, my 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 palm and my forehead were permanently attached as I was yeah. reading this. It was it was astonishing. Okay, yeah. like some people just shouldn't Twitter. Okay, like anti-gun people shouldn't Twitter because they're just really bad no. at it. <laughs> he's he said. I mean, he's made some really bizarre and, and kind of awkward claims on, on Twitter about Muslims and, uh, you know, how he wouldn't allow his child to go over to a Muslim's house because he would feel that they are unsafe. And he said some really disparaging things uh, using Twitter. And, look, it's what he believes. I'm not knocking the guy for having the opinion. I just disagree with it. But um, Mr. Mason, um, I, I don't know if it's, I, I mean, I know that he's on the Trump bandwagon, and uh, he called me a dummy. He called me – what else did he call me? He called me uh, something else that I'm weak. A loser. You're not really cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know. I, I, that's, Trump Trump does that kind of stuff. Come on. we. Yeah. I, I get it. I've seen it, and it's it's not funny. It, 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 you know, you're not – Well, no, you know, actually, it is, it's hilarious, Ryan. Let's be honest with ourselves. Yeah. It's hilarious, okay? We get a kick out of out of reading this stuff and, and like, making snarky comments about it. Mm. I, I mean, seriously, I think that... this – you know, Chris Mason is a great example of, uh, you know, th- that's the type of stuff that happens when you drink on Twitter, okay? <laughs> or you twit no, – nothing good on Twitter happens after midnight. Well, and I think that he's sort of representing the common man, and I appreciate that. 
and he's been right on some policy positions. And we both have, we both have talked about that. Uh, he is right on the Edward Snowden. He was right on some of the the federalism stuff. Um, I give him a lot of credit. I really do for for standing out during the debates. He wanted me to go on the record and say that he won the debate. Eric, I don't know how you quantify. I don't know how you, how do you qualify whether someone wins or loses a debate. I, I don't know. Um, he's certainly yeah. the most passionate person during the debate. Um, he's he's someone that um, has done has done well at expressing his opinions. Um, but I don't think that I, I don't think that if, if he would go up against John Delaney and he's not um, it, Delaney. It would take one tweet. It would just take one tweet to ruin it. I, I, on, Delaney wouldn't even bother campaigning. He he would go and start going around the state trying to become governor. Okay, honestly, John. If John Delaney was up against Chris Mason, he would he wouldn't even put up a Delaney for Congress sign. He would just start putting up his Delaney for governor signs. You know, fortunately, oh, yeah. somebody already bought that domain. You know, hat tip David Vote and whichever troll came up with that idea because it wasn't me, and I'm really jealous, and I want to meet whoever came up with it. I want to shake well, their hand. Well, he has pretty. He has he has some smart staff members, so uh, I have to give him credit for that. He's, he's David. Yeah. And, and, and let's talk about David. David is a conservative, a fiscally and socially and uh, conservative. Um, he was endorsed by Right to Life recently. And, and I think that that's um, – even though that that's not the top issue, a lot of people in the 6th District care about uh, life issues. And, yeah, we, should, um, we should preface it, Ryan, by saying we, do, we personally don't really care, but there are people that do care. And, and that's a important. lot of those that's people vote in the Republican primary. Yeah, I mean that's an important. Uh, that's how a lot of people really, really care about whether or not someone is pro-life or pro-choice. Um, and David Vogt was um, just um, endorsed by Maryland Right to Life, and I want to give him a shout out for that. That not no other candidate in this sixth congressional district um, has uh, has been endorsed by Maryland Right to Life. And congratulations to Delegate Vote. That's a, quite an honor. Yeah, and I mean, I you know, I was hoping that he would call in, but you know, my guess would be from reading all the reports down down there in Annapolis that he's probably catching on up on sleep, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't blame him. I mean, you know, all those marathon last minute, you know, vote on spend more tax dollars before yeah. we can't spend it anymore type thing, you know, like so so. David gets a pass, but uh, he 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 definitely needs to come on the show in the next, uh, you know, before the primary at least. I think Ami Hober might be waiting in queue. Is that, is that yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. Let me uh, let me switch over there. Yeah, I'm here, Ryan. <laughs> hey, Ami. Hey. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Eric. How are you? We're good. That sounds like you're uh, on your way back from uh, the, one of the remote areas of the 6th District. <laughs> I'm exactly on my way back from one of the remote areas. Um, I've been in Garrett and in Allegheny County today in a series of meetings meeting with various constituent groups. How'd it go? I think very well. Um, I'm enjoying getting to know the people out here in Garrett and Allegheny in particular a lot better uh, on an everyday basis. Eric, you want to start out with a round of questions. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go through the the, the generic questions that it, that it always get asked, no matter what. So, uh, so give us your 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 thirty second spiel about why you should be our next uh, um, congresswoman here in the sixth district. 
Well, I think my priorities align with those of the district. My key priority is to keep us safe. I have worked on national security all my life, quite literally since the day I got out of college. And I think keeping a national security posture uh, reinforced so that we can remain safe in this world is our most important point at this stage. Um, second to that, I've been a small business owner for more than 20 years, and I understand the problems of how to grow a small business in an era when the government is over-regulating them. And one of my key priorities would be to reduce government regulations and interference with job growth and business growth. And then my third priority, which overarches all of them, is getting the government out of our lives as much as possible. I think government intrusion has become overwhelming, and we need to reduce that. And those are my three key priorities. Um, along with the third priority comes maintaining our civil liberties, uh, maintaining all of our constitutional rights. Um, and basically, that's what uh, I'm aiming for. Okay. So here, so specific policy questions then. Um, what regulation do you think most harms small businesses? Like, if if you like the first day that you're that you go into Congress, what would be what you want to get rid of? Well, in terms of regulations harming small businesses, I think Obamacare is one of the major ones. I think we need to increase the number of employees by which uh, small businesses become subject to the Obamacare regulations. And I think we need to allow cross-state um, insurances so that we can have more competition at lower cost. Ultimately, I think we need to replace Obamacare, repeal it, and replace it with a system that serves our country better. But the first two efforts, I would say, would be the elimination of the state line restrictions and, and raising of the number of employees. Yeah. And so I, I, you, you might not have seen this news, but I saw this news this afternoon. And I was, um, did, have, did you see the, uh, um, the, the statement put out by the CEO of Verizon um, concerning uh, um, an, an accusation that Verizon doesn't pay any taxes and that they're trying to screw over their union members? I was just curious if you had a chance to read over that. No, I haven't actually. I've been on the road meeting with constituents all day. Um, I am pretty cut. Pretty cognizant of a number of the Verizon policies, but I didn't see that statement. Uh, okay, I well, you, you, you know, you, you just brought up something that actually he had mentioned as well. Was um, you know, he he had mentioned how the uh, basically the Cadillac uh, healthcare plan tax had been has negatively impacted Verizon in regards to their union employees. Um, you know, the unions they get they have a ton of benefits for the the line workers there at Verizon, and one of them is that Cadillac healthcare plan that you know now Verizon they they're renegotiating the contract and Verizon is basically saying, look, we give you all this really good stuff, but we're having to pay out the wazoo in taxes. Um, in order to, you know, to, just to give you the health care plan. And so, you know, when, when you get a chance, you should read that over. It's really good. Hey, okay, Omni, and, and I'm, I'm aware of that because Qualcomm has the same sort of plan, and I know my husband gets subjected to all those issues. Mm, mm, good point. Yes, very Omni, good point. This is, 
Today, Ami, this is Ryan. Uh, today is Thomas Jefferson's birthday. One of our um, founding fathers, uh, our third president of the United States, um, someone that was sort of the father of the liberty movement, uh, <laughs> ranging back all the way to the 1700s, and someone who um, is really um, just was an extraordinary American. And my, my, Eric and I are advocates of getting government out of the way of our lives and letting liberty thrive, letting, letting people make their own decisions when they go and do about their daily life. And, um, you know, it's like uh, we, want to, <laughs> we want people to be able to make their decisions independent of government. And part of the job of a, of a United States congressperson is stopping bad laws and getting government, as you mentioned earlier, off our backs, out of our hair, out of our bedrooms, and out of our lives. Um, and when you go to, if, if you go to Congress, Tommy, what are some of the ways that you're going to try to get government off our backs? Minimizing regulations of all sorts, advocating for freedom of all people, advocating for elimination of laws that discriminate. Um, those are my key overarching themes. I think the government should uh, basically stay out of people's lives. If you go back to the Constitution, the primary responsibility of government is to provide for the common defense, and all other issues primarily go to the state. Right. And if you had to pick one constitutional amendment that gets uh, – abridged um, by the federal government the most, which one would you pick? That's an interesting question. I haven't thought about that, so I will pass on it. But um, <laughs> I, will, I will take a look. Yeah. I always like asking the tough questions. What can I say? <laughs> um, you, all, you always do, and you're very good, and I appreciate the, the thinking you make me do upon occasion. Ami, what do you, you you have run a um, a dynamic campaign, and uh, I think object, objectively speaking, you have um, you you've done a a solid job of advertising your message. You're you're out door knocking every day. Uh, you're meeting with constituents. You haven't hovered yourself in a corner in Montgomery County. You are in Garrett, Allegheny, Washington, Frederick, and. Uh, Montgomery equally, and um, y y you've you've done well uh, financially in this race. You've sort of, you've led the pack in money, um, and you've you've run a, oh, for a lack of a better word, a gentleman's campaign. But in this case, I'll say a woman's <laughs> campaign. Um, but you've you've run an above-board campaign. You haven't responded to the attacks, and you've you've gotten your fair share of attacks launched at you, and. Um, I, I, just, I want to commend you for that. But um, going through this process, and we just had Commissioner Baker on, who we talked to and we, who we believe is a, a true gentleman, um, you know, what have you learned most about running uh, as you embark upon this journey of running for Congress? What have you learned most about yourself and, 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 and people in general? Well, it's been a very interesting experience, Ryan. I've been very happy with all of it. I think most of the uh, debates and issues have been professional and above board, not all of them, but most of them. And right. I've really appreciated the uh, integrity of most of my opponents. 
And I think in the long run, we've all suffered through the long six debate process and become more friends than enemies. I think so. so uh, I I got I got two last questions, Ryan, before we uh, before we wrap up here with Miss with Miss Hober. Um, Ami, how do you plan on beating John Delaney in the uh, general election? I believe that I can put together a coalition that can beat him. I think that coalition will be the staunch Republicans, and I think there are a fair number of those. I think I can bring the independents because I'm a practical Republican that can stand by my principles while working with others. And I think my basic premises are more practical than extreme, and I think that will draw the independents. I think I can draw a lot of the women because of my long history of support of women in a number of ways, empowerment of women professionally and personally. And I think uh, I can also bring some of the Jewish community based on my strong history of support of Israel, both in research and development over my long uh, Army career and also based on the fact that I think they are our strongest ally in the East and need to be supported better than they are. So I think that coalition will be sufficient to win. Okay. Um, now, it's, now it's time for the really serious question, okay, the really hard one. Okay. Coming up very soon, there's going to be a, there's going to be a big fight, okay? And on one side, we have Captain America, and on the other side, we have Iron Man. So who, 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 which team are you on? Are you Team Captain America or Team Iron Man? Um, Eric, I am Wonder Woman. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, I uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll give you the DC Marvel crossover pass. It it, it has happened. Okay, I, I read it. <laughs> that is funny. Um, Ami, uh, let me ask you a, a final question. Um, when you voters go to the polls tomorrow and they're going to begin to make their choices during this early voting, then on April 26th, and of course, people can absentee ballot as well. And I encourage people who can't. Uh, attend an early voting session or uh, can't, cannot vote on April 26th, um, I encourage them to, to absentee ballot. So, Ami, what, are, what do you think is, um, in, throughout this campaign, what was your greatest strength and your, and, your, and your weakness? My greatest strength is the fact that I am a serious person with a lot of caring for this whole entire district and I can bring the energy, the expertise, and the resources to bear to win this district back for us Republicans. My greatest weakness, perhaps, is that I didn't at all times know um, how to develop a thick enough skin to handle some of the trivial attacks that uh, get aimed at any candidate. Yeah. And it's not always easy. Uh, being in politics is... A contact sport, but uh, Ami Hobart, you have uh, survived in a uh, as a, a, a very powerful and strong advocate, not only as yourself, a woman, but for other women, and uh, and a largely a, a man's world at the Pentagon, and when you worked in the 80s for uh, President Reagan. Um, but um, Eric, do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, no, I mean, heck, I, you know, you want to talk about a hyper masculine environment like go to the pentagon like i i could tell you some stories and that from my days and that was a lot 
more recent. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure you can handle the, uh, the, 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 I, I, I mean, I'm sure that you'd be just fine going down and dealing with all the guys smoking cigars or, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is congressmen do these days. <laughs> well, I'll tell you guys, in the Pentagon, I learned one thing, which is once you prove your level of competence, you are well accepted and you are encouraged to do your job well and your gender doesn't really matter. And I don't yeah. think it will in this job. Totally with well, you. <laughs> Eric, I don't I don't have any final questions for Ami, but I do want to say thanks uh for for making time uh for to come on the show tonight. Uh thanks for um for calling in. I know you're busy. I know Commissioner Baker is also busy, but uh we really appreciate it. And uh and I wanna say from a, a media perspective, Ami, we appreciate the the availability, um and I know I I'm sure Eric can speak to that as well. Oh yeah, no. Well, it's nice having somebody that responds to the emails. <laughs> we appreciate well, thank, it. Thank, thank you all for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Absolutely, and good luck, Ami, and and uh, best wishes. Thank you. Okay. All right. So that's, uh, Ami that's Hober. Two, two of eight, Ami Hober. If there's another one that wants to call in, we'd be happy to entertain and answer all phone calls. Yeah, or, yeah, anybody that wants to call it, I mean, you know, we're cool with just, uh, you know, having a chat, get your feelings on uh, the candidates, all that good stuff. So we're not, uh, you know, we we like callers. We like hearing other people's opinions. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I think that, you know, we look at all the candidates. Um, You have, you know, Frank Howard has also run a a decent campaign as well. Um, Oh, yeah, definitely. he, He is a serious candidate. He is a... Uh, someone interested in coming to Washington to to really make a tangible difference. He's put out a ten point plan. He's hired smart people to to help his campaign. Now he hasn't raised as much money as uh, as Ami Hober or put in his own money, but um, you know it's it's not always about money. It it certainly helps because it it gives you a a much wider swath of the electorate that you can take your message to, but. Um, I, I appreciate Frank Howard running, and I think he's a good guy. And of course, if he gets the nominee, we're going to help him as well. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it, it'll be it'll. Uh, this is this is what I'm afraid of if Frank Howard wins. Okay, I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you, Ryan. This mm-hmm. is what concerns me with the Frank Howard victory. Is I know that I'm going to walk into his campaign office, and I'm going to think that it was two years ago. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it'll be the same people, even the same colors on his signs, and I, you know, I might have a little bit of disassociation disorder going on there. With uh, you know, it doesn't Certainly help that no I've been watching some, you know, too much time travel in comic books. So you know, I might think well, I got stuck in a wormhole. It's certainly no coincidence <laughs> that uh, Frank Howard's colors are are almost, uh, you know, they're inextricably identical to. Oh yeah. Uh, to this- Bongino's. Well, heck, hey, I uh-huh. mean, I, I like the colors. I mean, personally, you know, if I ever run, I'll probably do a blue and yellow myself. I mean, heck, I still got a got a Bongino sign out in my shed, yeah, you know, nailed up on the wall. I mean, that's and that ain't, that's that's coming with me. That's that's going to be there forever. Well, at least Frank puts his signs in appropriate places. <laughs> yes, yes. He he asks people. You know, it's the the non-aggression principle. You know, that that's how you should act. Yeah, like, hey, um, 
my name is Frank Howard or so-and-so, and these are the principles that I stand on, and this is why I want to go to Congress, and this is how I hope to get accomplished. Um, and, you know, if you like me, would you mind if I could put a sign in your yard? Um, that's what normal people do. They don't <laughs> stick their signs onto vacant lots. Um, yep. And yep. <laughs> I know that uh, the Hober campaign, the Baker campaign have also – uh, have been extra scrupulous, scrupulous about where they place their signs, and I and we I appreciate that because as a former candidate myself, I can tell you there is so much time spent investing and looking for and analyzing locations where, and you, you have to go up and 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 actually build a relationship with someone and then ask if you can basically rent their yard, uh, and that's what and that's what we did, and um, mm-hmm. but you know looking look at it and and I want to I want to shift over to Dr. Chang. Dr. Chang yes. really impressed me. Um, and he's a very conservative guy. He's a smart man. And I think that many of his policies are something that I can absolutely get behind. Now, I don't think that Dr. Chang will, will win the primary um, because he hasn't, he hasn't built the name recognition. And, and I hate to say it, there's obviously, and this is no fault of anyone, but there's an, a language barrier that is, is a little tough to overcome. But I um, and and I, I hate even saying that because it's awkward for me to say that, but it's, I think that others recognize that as well. I mean, would you agree, Eric? Oh, yeah. No, I think – I mean, Dr. Chang is – you know, I, he, he passes the beer test for sure, um, but <laughs> he, he, he definitely – he knows his stuff. He does – you know, yeah. there is a language barrier. Everybody talks about it. It's the elephant in the room, but, yeah. you know, there, there, there is a – you know, when, when – once he gets his point across – then, then you're like, oh my, you're totally right. But you got to, he got, you got to get to that point with him. You got to be able yeah. to sit there and kind of and and figure out where, you know, what exactly is being said. And then when you do that, your your mind gets blown. Yeah. Um, if you're listening now, Eric Beasley and Ryan Miner, we are live on a minor detail. Eric Beasley is and I are co-hosts of the show. We're talking about the sixth congressional district race about the eight Republicans who are running, who are angling to take on John Delaney, please feel free to call in to our show. It's 646-716-5971. Eric will put you right through. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to get your perspective about uh, the best moments, the worst moments of the race, um, you know, what you hope to see out of a congressperson, why or why not you would vote for a certain candidate. Um, well, hey, and Ryan, you know, to be honest, speaking of, we do have a caller. Yes. So let okay. me uh, – we'll I, no I have no idea who this is, so – Okay, we'll put them on. I, you're, you're live on a minor detail. How's it going? How you hey, doing? Who's this? David Vogt? Is it? David oh. Vogt. There, David Vogt. There we go. I didn't have time to look at my contacts yet to figure out who it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, delegate vote. Welcome. Thanks for calling in. And uh, Eric, you have done so well leading all the candidates in. So Eric, you take it away. All right. Well, uh, delegate, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on here. Um, how uh, um, I assume you've caught up. Have you caught up on your sleep from session? No. Am I supposed <laughs> yeah. to sleep after that? Oh well, you're a marine. You guys don't need to sleep. It's a crutch, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Sleep's a crutch. Food's a crutch. Night. <laughs> <laughs> so so hey so uh, you know while you're here, what's give us your uh, give us your thirty second spiel about why you should be uh, why you should be our next congressman. Because I'm going to take the fight to Capitol Hill that the 6th Congressional District needs. Uh, we need to know that somebody, we have boots on the ground. You know that quite well as being an Army guy yourself. 
And we've got to go down there and get something done for Western Maryland, create jobs, create better economic development opportunities, and make sure that they all have a voice. And I'll make sure every single member of the district that wants it will have my cell phone. Now it might ring off the hook, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might, you might, you might want to call a screener on that one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you're so pretty what, good screening call there. So, oh well, I, I, hey, you know, I, I, I could, I could work on Capitol Hill, but I'm not going to go down there every day, just so you know. Like that commute's crazy. <laughs> so, um, you get a relay because you can do the answer and then you can relay it, and I'll take the call. But you, you have live on air my pledge that I will do that. Um, if you become our congressman. <laughs> um, so, all right. So you, you threw out a few things about what you want to do here in the sixth district to kind of, you know, basically be a real congressman and like what we have right now. Um, so what are some of your specifics, you know, especially, uh, you know, economic development, that's personally one of my, you know, that's something that I actually care about. So, you know, what, what's, what's, uh, what are two of your policies that you would be advocating for from day one to, uh, to change? On the economic development front? Yeah. Yeah. Economy. On the economic development front, one of the first and best areas that we've got to get very aggressive, and our congressman doesn't seem to even think it's an issue, is completely tearing out the tax code and making it a priority to simplify it and make it something that's going to be helpful to the middle and lower class Americans as well as smaller businesses instead of favoring. huge mega corporations and interest groups. That's get, that right there helps every single individual from day one. And that will be a huge priority. So uh, are you flat tax or fair tax, David? Uh, out of those two, I lean towards, further towards the fair tax. I think that we've got to look deeper. The flat fair tax has existed for several years now in the if we could get it passed, then it would be a very big help to the economy and the system, as well as minimizing the size of government drastically because it would reduce, if not eliminate, the need for the IRS. Yeah, David, yeah. Uh, this is Ryan. Uh, you have you consistently run a great campaign, a gentleman's campaign. You've talked about issues, and you have clearly presented yourself as a a strong and viable conservative in this race and someone who's ready and willing, you know, today, now to take the fight to Delaney. And you have taken the fight to Delaney. You've called him out on several issues um, such as the Iran deal, um, education. And, and I just want to, I want you to talk about this because I think it's been an issue that's been somewhat overlooked in this race, except you have brought it to the forefront. You have been a leader in Annapolis on education issues. What will you do in Congress um, to also lead the fight on education there? First thing I'm going to do is lead an initiative to get Common Core out of our curriculum. <laughs> that has completely disintegrated our ability to give quality education to our kids, and it's taken away from the teachers their ability to teach. You know, I've said for years when I've had the chance to talk to people on education issues, my mom was a teacher, is that teachers are the heroes that build nations And right now, they can't do their jobs because of Common Core and the park testing that's been built on top of that. So that has to be completely disintegrated, get rid of it. And then while we do that, set rules in place that will not allow the federal government to ever micromanage the local education systems again. 
I can't complain right about on. that. Right on. Eric? Yeah, so um, let's see. So economic development, education. Um, oh, hell, I can't even think of a question. That um, <laughs> <laughs> happens sometimes. Um, All right, so here's, David, here's a question for you. How, how did session go? What, what did you guys wrap up with? And uh, if you want to, give us you know, maybe a little bit of a, a brief overview of the good and the bad and the ugly. All right, well, the good. We just passed the second successive budget in a row that did not require a single tax increase or fee increase, which is completely, we all know, is completely unheard of in this state. Martin O'Malley made it a hobby of increasing taxes and fees, <laughs> and we've done it two years in a row now. sure sends a great message to the citizens of Maryland, and that's the large reason why Governor Hogan has such a large approval rating. That is the good. The... Another piece of that is we've got record number of mo- amount of money going to the education system and building schools and also programs helping because we've seen a large piece that you know, one of the big problems we see the transition from high school into college or career not working so well is we had this mentality that everybody has to go to college and there's a lot of people that are more career-focused individuals that that would be better suited for them. And there's programs in this budget that also provide support to programs like that to help our careers develop and grow just as well as, you know, the kids that do want to go to college. Those were good things that came out of the session. Uh, Bad, they put a transportation bill that is just absolutely heinous. That is the governor, they forced the governor's hand to make him veto it while we were in session so that they could come back and override it. And what it does is it's going to take away any support for the roads and bridges across the state that are not in the major populated areas. That foc- And it focuses more really on mass transit projects. And it's going to be a train wreck. And they're go- they already know it's going to be a train wreck because they came in on the shoulders of that with bills intended to pass their pet projects for roads and bridges before it got enacted so that they weren't affected. And that is just screaming of of duplicitous leadership. I mean, how they think that the voters aren't going to see straight through that and make them pay for it even more in the next election cycle is beyond me. But they did it, and we're going to make sure that they answer for it. And I believe Governor Hogan's going to use everything within his power in the executive to make sure that the roads and bridges that still need attention get it. And then the ugly. I'll give you the ugly, and this actually affects you know, economic development. There's a bill that I cross-filed with a senator from Montgomery County that was a economic development piece. It was to expand by two years, a very simple bill, the Biotechnology Investment Tax Credit. That we've seen smaller biotechnology businesses that are trying to grow. One had the benefit of some assistance through the project or the tax credit here in Frederick, and there's others that want to continue to grow further into Western Maryland that are looking at Hagerstown and looking at potentially Cumberland, that this would have expanded it from 10 years being able to apply for the tax credit to 12 years because what's happening with the smaller companies is they normally grow in incubators like we see in Frederick County. We have an incubator, Montgomery County has it. And by the time they get out of that first step, and they are standing on their own two feet, 
they're hitting the wall of that 10-year marker because they've been kind of growing slowly in the incubator. And that two years would have been huge for businesses across the state, but very much so in the 6th Congressional District. And there was no reason that they shouldn't pass it other than they made it a political war amongst themselves and blocked the bill. They never let mine move. And then the senator that got his move on the Senate side looked like we were going to be able to push it through. And some of the leadership on Ways and Means decided that they wanted to play political games. They didn't pass it out of Ways and Means until Sine die at 11.11 p.m. so that they would intentionally run out of time to get it passed through the floor of the House. Mm-hmm. And it's going to cost us jobs. I um, I saw that they, they, they had passed a some of the, the justice overhaul. They passed Noah's Law um, to commemorate uh, the Montgomery County police officer who was tragically killed by a drunk driver. Um, and, David, I, I believe that Noah's Law now, anybody who is stopped at and, and has blown a point zero eight uh, or more will automatically uh, be required to use the the interlock system, the which is proverbably known as the uh, the blow and go. Is that is that correct? That is, and in fact, what was amazing is that that passed. And I, I don't know many people that would argue that that's not valuable. We can't have drunk drivers on the roads, and it's very dangerous, very reckless. Is that that passing of that bill made Maryland the strictest on drunk driving in the country. Wow, that's a rare thing for Maryland to be able to say something like that when it comes to dealing with criminal activity. Yeah, usually usually we're the first in the country to, you know, let criminals get out of jail sooner or let them vote. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, hey, I, I I got another question for you, David. Um, because this uh, this issue's come up in the last uh, few weeks, and uh, I was I, I'm kind of front and center on it in in a in a in a very literal way. Um, the VA. All right. Yep. We know, you know, um, it was it was recently announced. You know, Martinsburg at first was going to shut down their um, their inpatient mental health care facility. They reversed it pretty quickly once uh, once the Frederick News Post got a hold of the story. Um, what? You know, you're you're a vet. I'm a vet. We have friends that I'm sure both of us have friends that have waited a year, two years to get into the VA and get care. Um, How would you fix that down in Congress? One of the first things we've got to do is they, I think, after the whole VA scandal, four people lost their jobs. When they were, I thought they got hired back. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They got hired back in other positions. there has to be a complete overhaul of all of the leadership in the VA because we've seen it. They have failed. They've had two years to start trying to write the ship, and instead of fixing the problem, they've been pushing things under the rug to try to make it look like they fixed it. And you know, the whole thing with our VA here in West Virginia, that, that affects you and me directly. And as soon as I heard that, I made some phone calls. I don't know if those had anything to do with the reversal, but I hope it did. And we've got to get these people out of the way because they've failed. And a large reason of why is we've honestly got people that have never been in a uniform that run a lot of it. They don't even understand what we are or what the other veterans that are worse off than us have gone through. If they don't understand that, they don't have a sense of urgency to want to fix it. 
And one of the areas that I'm all working on addressing it on the state level, and if that's successful, which I believe it will be, we'll take that to Capitol Hill with us, is I'm bringing all of the decision makers, all the folks that have skin in the game in Maryland, along with the Maryland Secretary of VA, some of the health care providers in Maryland, not just VA, bring them all in a meeting at probably next month to say, how do we make sure none of this ever happens again in our right. state and make that the model that goes down to Capitol Hill for the rest of the country to adopt? I'm totally okay with that. I, I don't know about you, man, but, uh, you know, I, I, I love my I love my my buddies, but I would also love for them not to call me in the middle of the night. So I, 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 I love them. I like talking to them, but I, I, I want them to get the help that they need. And I want them to be able to feel safe in their own skin and comfortable with themselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm there for them no matter what, unequivocally. And, but, you know, the VA is supposed to be there for them too. And, you know, so, so yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I, I had to ask about that since it's been a, a local issue here for us. Um, yeah, <laughs> you um, definitely David, need to let us know about the, how that meeting goes that you're going to be scheduling in a month. Absolutely, David uh, Ryan here. What uh, it, Eric asked this question of the other candidates, um, and how are you planning to? How are you going to beat Delaney when you, if you get the nominee? Yeah, you know, that's probably one of the most important questions that needs to be asked as we're going to the polls starting tomorrow with the early voting and then the actual voting day on April 26th. And I was glad that that came out in the Poolsville debate. And and I'm going to beat him by putting things against him that we didn't see two years ago that would have been just enough for Dan to be able to win. And one of the areas as great of a campaign as Dan ran, if we'd have been able to use against him that he doesn't live in the district, that would have swayed the 1.7 points, I think, is what Dan ended up losing by. Because there's yeah. enough people in Western Maryland that don't like that. And we've got to be able to use that against them. I'm going to be using the veteran against them, especially with the VA issue becoming such a prominent thing with Martinsburg debacle. And that's going to take Democrats away from him. And then lastly, an element that a lot of Unfortunately, a lot of Republicans don't think of or may not be able to do is we lose minority votes hand over fist. And it's not because they're not conservative people, especially the Hispanic families. They're conservative people that are family people, that are pro-life people. And they are voting Democrats so often because they've been sold a bill of goods. John Delaney's gotten the benefit of that. And in Montgomery County, that's about 15%, give or take a few, of the vote down there. And I'm fluent in Spanish. I'm going, as soon as we get through April 26th, I'm going to be spending a huge amount of time in those neighborhoods talking to those families and make, helping them realize they, they're conservative. They need a Republican to represent them on Capitol Hill. And John Delaney isn't doing it. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, I was disappointed with his push for universal pre-K, and I, I get the concept, but number one, um, the congressman has proposed raising taxes in order to pay for it, 
And number two, I don't want the government more involved in pre-K, especially at a young age. And I know that might be kind of an overarching principle, get the government out of education. But really, if you simplify it, I, I really don't think the government should be making any sort of decisions for kids at, what, three, four years old? I mean, I, I have a real problem with that, David. Exactly. And I voted against a sim- similar type of program they tried to pass in the General Assembly this year. I don't believe it actually got through, uh, and I would be against the same thing on the federal level because you know, my kids specifically, I don't want the government more involved in how I raise my kids or teaching them, especially when we have an yeah. education system that we're not letting teachers actually teach on top of that. In fact, I had my son in one of the pre-K programs here in Frederick County, and I pulled him out because it was not a good program for him. <laughs> was it the education or was it Michelle Obama's uh, specialized meal plan? All of the above is a good answer, yes. <laughs> um, okay, well... Um, David, I asked this question um, a few moments ago to um, Ami Hober. Um, best, best, and worst, or I, or I should say, I, I forget how I phrased the question. I said, "What was uh, your your biggest weakness and your biggest strength on the campaign?" Starting with your biggest strength. Biggest strength is I have always and will always put every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears, and energy into reaching out and talking to people directly and making sure they understand my investment is in them and I'm here for them and and reaching out and I get a great response from folks because they know it's true and it's pure and you can't beat that. It's the same type of connection that allowed me the the honor of being able to serve in the House of Delegates. That's how I won that campaign. And weakness it's extremely hard to go up against a large amount of money. And I've done a pretty good job, better than every other candidate, other than Ami, who's done well with her resources uh, in raising money. But that's always going to be a challenge in a congressional race. And I would like to have been able to do better to be able to get more of the message out there on that side of things. But that's the nature of politics sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, know, money is – it is what it is, but uh, you you certainly have made up for it and getting the message out and, and being – I mean, you were you were down in session, and I know that's tough. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you couldn't be out campaigning throughout the day, but uh, I think that you have um, really set yourself apart as a conservative, and uh, you've done extraordinarily, extraordinarily well during each debate. Um, you had – by far some of the best debate performances and it comes through it certainly does uh, eric yeah and you know I, it, I i just noticed this while you were talking david like you could have very easily gone ahead and attacked ami for i mean just literally she she's she's rich she's been very successful you could have said something like childish and petty about that as some sort of underhanded jab but you're just like look she she has a lot of resources Okay, yeah, just plain one. matter of fact. Okay, like that's the way that these congressional races should be. Okay, that's how that's how y'all should be treating each other during this because our the actual opponent is John Delaney. It's not each other. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I think you get that from most all of us in some circumstances. Some people are a little less professional about it, but it's something that's very important. You know, you can't, you don't give up your honor. You sacrifice it if you become childish. And at the end of April 26th, every single one of us need to work together to win this seat. And you, you can't do that if you create bad blood because you're not good enough to win on principle. And that's what typically when people resort to that. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, David, are you ready for your final, final question? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. This is a really hard one, and I, I've been asking a variant of it of everybody. All right. If you were kidnapped by ISIS, which member of the Avengers would you want to come and rescue you? I have to make it the Avengers. <laughs> oh, it can be Justice League. I'll do ju- Justice League too. I, I don't know who, who's on DC Marvel, so it could be the Justice League. <laughs> if we're talking any superhero, then it's going to be Superman. Superman. Okay, oh, you got to go with the goody two shoes, huh? Well, how do you argue with truth, justice, in the American way? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! I was kind of expecting you to say John Stewart, the uh, former Marine Green Lantern, but I'll take Superman too. <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey David, thanks, uh, thanks for calling in. Thanks for joining us. Um, you know, um, we uh, we look forward to you know. We, you need also just too. You need to let us know if you're having a campaign party because we're going to be trying to get to all the campaign parties and covering them. You know, as as the yeah. primary unfolds. And uh, you know. Um, thanks very much for calling in and sharing your time with us. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this, guys. Thank you, David. Appreciate Thank that. You. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Okay. There we go. Delegate yeah. David Boat. Yeah, he he's definitely a Superman kind of guy, I have to say. He he, he definitely so. Yeah, yeah. You I know, it, I, like, I I'm pretty sure David Boat has like a picture wearing a Superman outfit with his kids. I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. Oh, my God, you're right. It used to be his profile picture. I should have known. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes I, I didn't do my research. Okay, shame on me. Like, yeah. My research was well, looking at my shelf. <laughs> so think about this, Eric. We had three candidates call in tonight, right? So we had Baker, Hober, and Vote. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sort of indicative of something, how the, the turnout's going to go? I'm not saying in that order, but... These are the serious candidates. Yeah, I think we talked about it uh, last Saturday. I think it was, you know, um, throw Frank in there. I'm not sure where Frank is, but uh, you know, like you throw them in there. Those are the four big candidates that are really like that are really serious in this race. Yeah, um, and that's not to dismiss Harold Painter either, because Harold has really impressed me. He's a fundamentally yeah. honest and decent person, and someone who has. Um, has put out a lot of policy issues um, and someone that I really profoundly respect. Um, so, you know, and, and, and by the way, um, Harold Painter and Scott Chang were unable to call in. It's tax season mm-hmm. and Harold Painter is a CPA. So, um, and I'm, and I'm assuming maybe Dr. Chang, I did, what was his, I know he responded, but. Uh, he just, um, he just, he wasn't able to make it. He might be grading finals or something. I don't know. You know, who knows? And, yeah. Well, and that's fine. I mean, we, but it yeah. was very kind that they responded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, like I, I would rather somebody respond and tell me screw off than not respond at all. That kind of leave me scratching my head. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, look, I, um, 
I just want to say that we invited Christopher Mason, and, and during the Twitter, the long Twitter thread between myself and Chris Mason, um, he did, and you, as you read, he accused me of not being fair and giving him fair time. Chris, we give you the time that you need. Um, if you still want to call in, that's fine. But uh, we did offer Chris Mason to come on. We did yep. offer Robin Ficker to come on. Um, and, you know, if Ficker wants to call in, let him call in. I mean, we would be happy to have the conversation. <laughs> That'd be amazing. But, yeah, no, I mean, and, and, and that's that's how we do things, right? It's like, you know, every every single time we write an article about an issue about a, a candidate's stance about a position. Okay, we all I we always make sure to reach out. Okay, the only person we don't reach out to on the position issue on the issues is Robin Ficker because he literally doesn't have a website or an email address or anything that we can even send something to. And so no, I tried. Yeah, he just has Facebook to to well, roll run around and troll at two a.m. I mean, geez, I don't even troll at two a.m. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, what I. I want to understand, you know, he's um, – with Mr. Ficker, I mean, he's he, – he, he puts up signs, right? And with at least have a website to tell you who you are. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I see his flyers, um, and they're, they're actually right in front of me. Um, he literally put the Red Maryland poll, and I don't – like, that he's number one. <laughs> Do you know how – like, that is just silly. It's so silly. Well, no, it, actually, you know, what, you know what I have to say, Ryan? I love it, okay? I think it's great. It. Okay, it's a, it's, a, it's a great idea because, look, the reality is is that after April 26th, there will be an actual election with actual official vote tallies, and yeah. it will give us an opportunity to see basically how wrong, how wrong that poll is. Okay, I mean the 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 you know he's he's posted it every single month. I won the Red Maryland poll, whatever you know, like it's in in a couple you know in in what two and a half weeks or something, we'll know exactly how wrong that poll was constantly because Robin Ficker is going to get like twenty votes. Okay, so like it, this this isn't a you know it's not a concern. I mean it's it's, it's one of those no. things. I you, sometimes you just got to let people take their rope and wrap it around their neck and you know jump off a bridge. Mm-hmm. Like you got to let them do that. Yeah, I mean. I, his campaign has been a disaster. He's attacked everybody, anybody who's questioned him. He's not run a serious campaign, and I think that <laughs> yeah, I just he's you know today he's accusing Frank Howard of like I don't know messing with his signs or something. And oh uh, yeah, that's know. that's the scuttle. But look, it, it, it's it's an inevitability. Okay, honestly, well, what's ben going Franklin, on with that? Look, Ben Franklin had it wrong, okay? There's only three things that are inevitable in life, okay? Death, yeah. taxes, and politicians accusing others of, of, of you know, vandalizing their signs, okay? Because it happens every single election cycle right around the same time. Okay, it's pointless. Nobody cares. Literally, nobody cares, okay? Except, yeah. And it's just a distraction, okay? It's, 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 a, it's a tactic made to try to generate sympathy so that maybe you'll vote for the person because, oh, well, their signs are getting vandalized because they're threats or their ideas or whatever. That's what it's made for, okay? It's stupid. It's pointless. Every, like, if you went back and go back to the 2014 election cycle and every single politician accused every one of their opponents of doing it, okay? So, I mean, this is just SOP anymore, okay? In reality... Essentially, what happened? Robin Ficker found a sign of his that was knocked down. You know, yeah. a 
200 feet away, there was a Frank Howard sign. Okay, that Frank yeah. Howard sign had been up for over a week, and apparently the Robin Figure sign got knocked down last night, which we did. It was pretty. It's been pretty windy out for the last week or so, you know, in this around well, here. So I, you know, I've known just, Frank Howard, and I've worked with Frank Howard, and there is no way that Frank Howard is going to mess with anybody. Frank is not that guy. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. Wait. And, hey, hold on. I, I I have to make a Frank joke. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I really don't know if somebody that was in the Air Force could actually knock down a sign. <laughs> well, that is, you know. Okay, that's funny. Uh, anyway, okay, I, Frank, uh, I love you. Okay, I love you. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw this today, and I was, I was like, I was driving, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to read my phone while I'm driving, but I saw this, I started laughing. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, like. Really, and I just you know, Ficker. But here's the thing, though: um, isn't it ironic that somebody like Robin Ficker would complain about uh, signs when all of his signs, if not like most, if not all, I'm like 99% are placed illegally? <laughs> I know that's that's the grand irony of it. See, it's it, it's yeah. it's as bad as liberal logic. Okay, now we yeah. have Ficker logic. Like apparently, it oh. should be a hashtag. We're done talking about the goofball, the clown of the race. And every every you know every circus needs clown and you know the circus that was this primary was Robin Ficker but tomorrow the people will go cast their ballots um, and I think they have a good representation of who the candidates are I think that um, I think you're going to see uh, this race be close um, I think that mm-hmm. wh- whomever emerges may not break out you know more than and there's what there's like thirty some thousand votes to be spread around among eight people. So, yeah. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if any candidate's going to get a plurality of those votes, but I do see this race coming down to four people: to Terry, Ami, David, and Frank. And I think you're going to see a majority of those candidates uh, share the votes. And um, you know, Mason, Chang, Painter, and Ficker are going to split the other half, but. I don't know. I mean, maybe we're wrong. Maybe this. Maybe we'll wake up on April 27th, and Scott Chang will be our nominee. <laughs> Which, hey, I'd be fine with that. Like, uh, I would I think that I would be. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And get, as well as Harold Painter, Painter, you know, that'd be a blast. <laughs> um, yeah. I. I and, have this feeling and, that Harold Painter is like a really mean, like pool shark, like. He, you know, you know how like on a, on, like like Ron guy. Swanson was a closet like saxophone player. Like I feel like Harold <laughs> Painter is like a closet like like a pool shark, and so I, I want to go and win some money off some uh, you know called frat boys at a bar with him. Like after I'd love to have a beer. I'd love to have a beer with Harold Painter. In fact, you know what? I think after this is all said and done, I had actually sent him an email saying, "Hey, we should get together." Um, I, I would love we we you and you me and him should all sit to get sit down over. <laughs> You know, a beer or whatever, dinner or whatever, and I think it would be fun. It would be fun to hang out with. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I mean, and you know, this is, I guess we should. This is a good time to mention something else too, Ryan. Like, uh, you know, yeah. actually, Ryan and I talked about, you know, whether or not we wanted to, you know, do some sort of official endorsement as, you know, or or whatever, you know. Um, and me personally, I don't think endorsements matter. Honestly, I, if if my, if my mom endorsed a candidate, I probably that wouldn't really change my mind quite, you know, personally. Um, and you know, R- Ryan and I talked about it for a while, and we just kind of decided, you know what, like 
I don't think we should endorse. Like, we're here to just report on stuff that happens. Yeah, who cares? Like, you know, now, okay, let me be a little fair. I I do care that you listen to my opinion about something that has to do with computers because, I mean, that's that's like my job. I'm I'm really good at that, and I take a lot of pride in my work. But when it comes to, like, political prognostication, I – it's not my job. It's it's not that serious. I just kind of make a guess, the best educated guess that I can. And, uh, you know, I don't think that – you know, in order to remain fair and not have you know blatant biases in favor of a candidate, I think it's better just to not even bother with endorsements. So, I mean, we it, it doesn't matter. People people listen to this show or they read our blog, whatever. I mean, that's up to them. We don't force. You know, we we put it out there. Uh, people agree with it, disagree, neutral, uh, whatever. But Eric's right. Um, we're not other, you know, we're not well, other see, slimy news networks that try to to run a fake narrative. Um, we put it out there. We do our best. We don't always get it right. And if we don't get it right, um, we we tell you that we got it wrong. And and I've I've made some errors in reporting. Um, and I'm new at this to to an extent. Um, in the last year, I'm not a trained journalist. Eric's not a trained yeah. journalist. Um, this is a hobby. And if we get it wrong, we will always own it and tell you we got it wrong and um that yeah, heck, that's, I, that's, I had to eat crow today about the uh apple of, um versus fbi the iphone cracking you know yeah the facts came out i was totally wrong okay in my in my assumption it's like okay i was wrong big whoop like i made a guess <laughs> like, well, <laughs> big you know big deal you know, but but we'll announce it here on a minor detail um that whomever becomes the republican nominee um, you know, I would feel comfortable with about six out of eight people. Um, I will not support Robin Ficker. And if Chris Mason does become the nominee, um, I would have to, you and I would have to have a serious talk with him. Yeah. Uh, I, I might just move it, to Canada. <laughs> well, and it's not that Chris is a nice guy other than whatever happened on Twitter, but, um, he's always been very pleasant to me, but I, I think he just got the wrong impression, um, that, I don't know, but um, I would have to tell him that his positions aren't going to win a primary, uh, or I'm sorry, aren't going to win a general election. Uh, I'm not saying change who you are, but I mean tone it down. Geesh, come yeah. on, you know you you've got some you, you've got some serious things that you're putting out there, and you have to remember that we have what 70 more thousand Democrats and the Republicans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, the facts of the district. Like, deal with it. Like, it's not going to change until 2021 when redistricting yeah. happens. So, you know, live with what you got. Okay. Yeah. You got to be like, um, you know, and it's not saying, like, violate your principles and your values, but it's just saying, like, be a little more reasonable about them. Okay. Like, not all Muslims are child rapists. Okay. They're really no, not. Uh, like, you know, women should not the, be, women shouldn't be relegated to the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, you know, or like, you know, um, you know, only a true Scotsman wears a kilt. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, that's you know, you know this so- guy called me a liberal. He called me a rhino, and I told him on Twitter that um, I go, that, and he calls Democrats traitors. Well, Democrats are, I, I, I believe that people who become Democrats um, for whatever reason, they're certainly not traitors. And I made the point to say, my grandparents have been lifelong Democrats. My granddad supported our country by serving in World War II, um, and then he went on to say, oh, it's clear you come from a family of liberals. Like, 
buddy, you have no idea what you're talking about. My grandfather could not be more non-political, and the man is an American hero. I, you know, and to say that, like, not everything is framed within the context of politics, and that's why this is. Eric, you and I live in sort of a uh, we're I don't want to say a bubble, but I'm but because we don't. But what I'm trying to make it a point here to say is that this is insider baseball. We talk about this election inside and out. Average people out there, they're probably not going to be tuning in, and that that's just that we broadcast our show, people listen, but we do the inside baseball stuff, and that's just that's who we are, right? So, yeah. um, but you know. I don't know. It's uh, we're here to put the information out there, and you choose whether or not you listen to it. See, that's that's the libertarian way. Like you get to make that choice. We don't force yeah. it upon you. Okay, we don't pass a law stating that you have to listen to you know thirty minutes of every episode of a minor detail <laughs> or you go to jail. Okay, we'd love like if we, if you would. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. That's crazy. Come on now. No, I'm saying that we'd love if you listened to our show. Oh, that part, yeah. Okay, but the law part, yeah. No, the, not the law part. But yes, listen to the show. Just uh, don't try to pass the law to make everybody else do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eric, so we had, yeah. we, had, we had a great discussion tonight. Um, whatever you do, I don't care who, which candidate you vote for, except for Robin Ficker. Um, <laughs> but go out and vote. Please, please vote. You have no excuse not to vote. And if you need a ride, Eric and I will take you to the polls. Oh, thanks for volunteering me. Appreciate it. Well... I, you know, I, I think we do <laughs> Well, maybe we should. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give you a ride. Just don't be too far away. Like seriously, I'm sorry. I love, you know, I love you guys out there in Cumberland, but it's like a two-hour drive for me. So I'll, I'll find a buddy. <laughs> yeah, if you're in Frederick, if you're in Frederick area-ish, Eric will, Eric will give you a ride. Yeah, that's what you know. When I when I go to do my grocery run and uh, you know go to Home Depot to to be old, like then I you know I'll pick you up. That's no worries. <laughs> So, you know, but I think, uh, you know, we're, we got we got just a few more seconds left. I think uh, we need we need to bring up the arguably the most important point that everybody needs to remember, especially when they go out and vote. OK, everybody needs to remember that taxation is theft. Taxation is theft. It's theft. It might be necessary, but it's a necessary evil, not a necessary good. And you should treat it as such. <laughs> That's great. That is funny. All right. So, Eric, you want to take us out? I don't know how many yep. more seconds we have. but Yep. We got 10 seconds. So I'm Eric Beasley. This And I was here with Ryan Miner, host of A Minor Detail. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Take care.